Welcome to the Empire Files podcast. This is Abby Martin. And Mike Preisner, this is our last show from our L.A. studio, Abby. It is indeed, Mike. We are moving out of state. Been a long time coming. Out of California. Out of Cali. Straight out of Compton. Um, (laughs) We are moving out of L.A. We're very excited to move. It's been a long time coming. Um, We're living in a shoebox with two babies and trying to do this movie, and it has been complete chaos. If you are in Los Angeles, we're having one wild going away party. October 6th, uh, we got Max Collins, the lead singer of Eve Six, is performing. Our good friend Televangel of Blue Sky Black Death, who's done some Empire Files music and all our Dosed music, is going to be performing with some other incredible performers. If you want to come to that, we would love you to come to that. Uh, go to our social media at Empire Files on Twitter or Instagram, and you can see the event posting there. Um, and that's how you can get tickets to it. And we really hope to see you there. Help send us off. $15 pre-sale tickets available right now on our social media. And there's a lot of other great performers that are going to play. Um, Ms. Neon, Metal Mother. It's a collaboration with Queer Space, an incredible underground um, troupe that does really great performances here in L.A. It's going to be super fun. And Abby's art is going to be on oh display. My gosh. Paintings, collage. She even had some giant paintings shipped from the Bay Area to be there for it. So it's a super cool space, awesome venue, and it's going to be even made more awesome by having one of Abby's first art shows in many, many years. My gosh, thank you for bringing up the most important thing about the event of all is my art. First art show in many years. I have a bunch of new pieces that I'm going to display, as well as huge pieces, prints. We have Empire Files merch, and just come hang out. Come hang out, send us off. If you live anywhere near LA, you do not want to miss this event. Mike, it's been a little bit since we've done a podcast. I mean, so much has happened. So much has happened with the movie. So much has happened just in life, in politics. With the movie front, we've made a ton of progress. We have been, uh, with everything going on, as you mentioned, we have been happy to tune out of all of that and just Mm -hmm. focus 100% on this film And we have been working diligently on the film. We have not been fucking off. We have been working (laughs) our asses off. We have incredible scenes done. We have probably about 60 minutes completed. Close to 70. Close to 70. put it all together. Seven, we got seven scenes, seven Mm -hmm. drafts of seven scenes Mm -hmm. that we feel are really strong, powerful, impactful, beautiful, beautiful footage. That's close to 70 minutes now. So either either all that stuff's getting hacked down or this is going to be a docu-series <laughs> by the end of this. But there's so much more to, to go through. But we're so, we're so happy with what's done so far. And there is a new trailer we posted to our YouTube and Twitter and Instagram. If you haven't seen that, that came out uh, a month or two ago. But it's a new trailer that shows little sneak peeks of some of the different things that are going to be in the film. And so, of course, if you haven't seen that, go check it out. Share it with people do what needs to be done to spread the word. Um, And yeah, you know, even though we haven't been doing our Empire Files video or podcast content for patrons, because, you know, this film is 100% grassroots funded and it's quite expensive to make, uh, quite expensive monthly for labor and all the stuff that's going into post-production now. Um, but as a special thank you to our patrons who are making this possible and, and other donors, there's, there's a variety of ways to donate. 
is what now that we're finishing scenes, you know, stuff that's on the cutting room floor, like ex- we, we interviewed so many or Abby interviewed so many incredible people. And, you know, we can't, it's a documentary that has to hold someone's interest. So we obviously can't publish an hour long interview in the doc, let alone a five minutes of an interview in the doc. So the extended cuts of these interviews and, and characters that we're including in the film, we didn't want to just throw away all that great shit that they said. So on our Patreon, we are releasing those full interviews with people who are in the film. And so you can only see it if you donate to the film. And so we have like, I think, three or four of those now. And we're going to be continuing to update as we work our way through the footage. Anyone who's awesome, who you can only include a small part of in the film, we're going to throw the full thing up there on Patreon. Yeah, and so far it's just been the climate scientists because we kind of pivoted to not really addressing the science behind climate change for understandably so. Um, It's not really the thesis of the film, but every single interview that we do is so epic, Mike. And like you said, we can't fit it in. And so we're just going to be releasing pretty much every extended interview for patrons. And it's really incredible stuff coming up. The climate scientists are just the beginning, baby. We got tons of great stuff. You definitely want to become a patron for as little as $5 a month to check out this exclusive content. And again, I cannot thank you enough for making the entire film possible. I think you guys will be pretty blown away once it's out. We cannot wait to show you what we have done and um, what we're working on. So yeah, fi- I'm finally excited about it after being <laughs> ever being an albatross for a very long time. Now that we have these little scenes done, I'm, I'm feeling great about it. And the more money we can raise, the better we're going to be able to make it. And so yeah, and the thing is, we're not just in post production now. We're still we're still doing some production when opportunities <laughs> arise. Abby. You just got back from crashing a defense contractor's conference. I did indeed, yeah. We uh, we felt like what was missing the most was direct confrontations with military officials because it's pretty hard to do. Well, even though you did it at RIMPAC to like uh, the top Navy commanders. Yeah, but it's like military people are just, they are totally unfazed and they have, I mean, basically any politician or military person will like just have completely stock answers. And so even if you like come out of the gate with super hard hitting questions and really um, confrontationally so, like it's pretty hard to like phase these people at all because they're such good bullshitters. And so um, RIMPAC was great and there was a lot of amazing stuff that was able to happen there, but I still felt like, man, like no one's going to grant sit down interviews with us. We really want more people on camera, but it's just so unattainable and inaccessible unless you're like part of the establishment media operation in DC or whatever and have like Pentagon access or like White House press credentials. So I was able to go to an actual weapons contractor conference. It it wasn't called that, but that's (laughs) essentially what it was because this is how, uh, you know, the machinery operates. Yeah, can you you describe this? So like RIMPAC was like, you're at the war games. It's the US military and their allied militaries out just doing mock battles and shit. This was something very different. This was basically a convention in a giant expo hall of, I would say, who they, was it mostly military attendees? And like, who was there? Like, describe like the scene, the surreal scene. Yeah, this so conference. this is one of these conventions that happens every year. I mean, one of many that happens every year in D.C. where top military brass and weapons contractor executives get together to just talk shop plan out, game out strategies against China and Russia. Go shopping. Go shopping. I mean, that's really what it is, Mike, is they go shopping. And the entire expo floor was uh, the latest 
weaponry coming from Lockheed Martin, Boeing, Raytheon, you know, um, every, you know, every single thing that you can think of, Honeywell. And this conference specifically was like kind of the next gen line of defense, which is all incorporating cyber, of course, because it's all basically like, you know, autonomous, like dr- like drones, how they're incorporating all these new, the new fleet of whatever the fuck we're getting into. So they had like the robot dogs, like that, the crazy looking, like, you know, police attack dogs, like walking around the conference. It's like really trippy dystopian stuff that we're going to enter into. The actual conference itself was just panels of all of these people talking. So the top executives from the weapons contractors and also the top military brass talking and and planning. Yeah, and like the top of the top. It's like the president of Honeywell, the yeah, president right. of Raytheon, yeah. the president of Lockheed Martin speaking with the four-star general commander of Air Force, U.S. Air Force through all of Europe, the European command. Like literally four-star generals, which if you don't know military ranks, there's not many four-star generals out there. You can't go any higher. That's that's the top. Mm-hmm. Pretty much everyone that you confronted, Abby, was like a four-star general or very close to being a four-star general, which is kind of unheard of. I mean, these people are so pampered. You know, when you're a general at that rank, you know, you got a driver, you got a chef, you got a nice head. It's just like you're so pampered and no one ever tells you no or questions you. Uh, so to have you uh, put them on the spot they definitely, that's not something that's happened to them in like the past 20 years. Well, it was amazing. I mean, it just shows you how, yeah, how untouchable these people think that they are because all of the pe- the press at this event were just the typical sycophantic, like defense one, all the people who are just like, oh, like marveling at the at all the incredible systems that we got. The, di- the different machinery and engine and the turbines and all that shit. It's just like so weird, you know? And... So I was just there in the middle of this press pool. And it wasn't even that many journalists for these other entities, too. So it was just totally out of the blue that I was just, like, there in the room um, at the mini press conferences. Unfortunately, the main panels had no Q&A at all. So the real top of the top were pretty untouchable, but I did get some surprise interactions with some of them. <laughs> uh, where the back door to all the panels were, and so I was able to just hang out by the exit door and uh, ambush them as they they were leaving. Um, I would say we're, we it was a three-day conference. We realized that only two days would be feasible because of what our plan was. The first day, Abby, you were trying not to end up on anyone's radar or get kicked out, so you were you were playing ball with them and pretending to be into it all. And then the second day was your... I'm probably going to get kicked out today. Day. Yeah, that was the kicked out day. Which, um, amazingly, it was happened. pretty close. Yeah, it was pretty close. By the time, yeah, tell me how the tide turned against you towards the yeah, end. Yeah, so the first day I was there, I was just kind of priming everything, getting a feel for the floor, getting a feel for how everything operated. Um, you know, it was surreal, Mike, because like 99 percent of the people there were just in uniform, so it was just like a sea of just uniformed military personnel walking around, and then it was just kind of me. And there were barely any camera people there. So everyone that was in the press pool was just like audio recording, whatever. So we kind of did stick out, even if it wasn't me in the purple suit. It was still like having a camera person there and everyone was just like kind of looking at us sideways. But played along, just kind of felt all of the people out that I was able to talk to about just like what their stance was on climate change. And then the second day was pivoted hard to just direct confrontations as much as I could. Well, the first day, some people were onto you. Explain who was onto you the first day of the conference at the booth. Oh, my God, yeah. So the expo 
floor, the convention floor, was just all the weapons contractors. So, like, you know, I'm going around with a hot mic just pretending to— It was, like, so obviously fake, too, because I don't know anything about, like— (laughs) Like, I don't know what questions to ask these people. So I was just like plain dumb being like, tell me about this missile. <laughs> like, just so, it was just like so obviously I didn't belong there. But like all the dudes that worked there were just like, oh, cool. Like, here, I'll, I'll show you a flight simulator of how to like kill people on the ground, like blow them up and put me in like a, you know, F-35 flight simulation process where I'm sitting in the flight simulator and like blowing Strafing people, people up. running yeah. away from trucks. Yeah, and then but then the women like saw through me immediately. So like I I went up to one woman and I was like, oh, I'm, I'm making a documentary about you know these national security threats that are going to arise from climate change and uh, problems without passports like AI and how you know how the military is going to react to them. She's like, hmm, that sounds really political. She's like, that sounds really political. I was like, well, it, everything's political, right? And she was like, no. And I was like, it's not political that you work for a weapons contractor that makes weapons that kills people. It was like, that. that's not political. And well, she was just like, who are you? There. <laughs> she was like, who are you? And then immediately I was like, oh, fuck, we uh, <laughs> we should probably leave this hall. I mean, it was just like too, it was just too But ridiculous. in general, it was uh, hard to trick the lady defense contractors, yes. but the dudes who were very excited to show off yes. their cool gear. Yeah. So we have some really in- incredible stuff from that trip, uh, which we don't want to spoil. So the really good stuff that you did and said and people you talked to, you know, we, we got to save that for the film. But. I will just say one more thing that happened without saying what I did, but um, I was able to gain access to like a mini press conference with one of the guys who's basically in charge of environment and bases, which is like ridiculous that that was even accessible. Um, and so I'm in the room and I realized pretty quickly that there were like several Chamorro people that were in uniform that were flown out from Guam as essentially props in this room. And so the guy gives this short, you know, statement about how important Chamorro people are, how important Guam is as, you know, the unsinkable aircraft carrier without saying that. Basically, the the vessel that stands between us and China and how important the people and you know serving this country are there as opposed to everywhere else. He even mentioned Okinawa, which I found fascinating because it was both of the places that we're featuring and highlighting in the film. Um, but it was just crazy because he goes over like all of the subject matter that we cover in the film and just gives the stock like propaganda um, pitch for all of them. And so I was just, it just felt very surreal and kind of like serendipitous to be in the room with the guy. Um, and it was just It makes me crazy. think of like a, a newsreel from 1915 of like a British British military colonist. Like, mm-hmm. like the natives support our military mm-hmm. operation. And then didn't you say that the one of the media went up to talk to them and he's like, no questions to the natives. Yeah, yeah, no questions to the natives. You, they you can't have to speak. field they're, them through me. Yeah, they're just here to be looked at. Yeah. They're, you cannot actually ask them questions. It was just like ridiculous. I mean, the whole thing was, was totally surreal. I remember coming home because it was just like going a million miles a minute. And Mike, when I came home and debriefed you on everything that actually happened, you were completely blown away because of how serendipitous everything coming together the opportunities that we were able to get on hot mic and on camera were pretty astounding yeah like different scenes of our film it's like alaska okinawa guam like places we went and investigated the environmental harm and then to just have the like top commander being like oh what we're doing in guam is great we're doing it we're doing it in alaska it's great so it's just like uh it was very we weren't expecting that but we weren't expecting that and it was a crazy whirlwind and 
basically by the the afternoon of the second day, people were coming up to me, yelling at me, taking photographs of my badge, and essentially everyone was staring at us, and that's when we knew that we were about to get kicked out, yeah. and so we bounced. So basically after one of the confrontations with one general who got yeah. very mad, obviously he sent something yes. out to everyone, and then all of a sudden everyone was on the lookout yeah. for you. He started yelling at me that I'm making fiction! <laughs> you Hollywood types, you're making fiction! Um... Yeah, it was it was wild, Mike. I cannot wait to incorporate in, that in the film because it really was like the missing piece. And now it's going to kind of tie everything together. But man, this film is going to be completely epic. <sighs> I mean, there's there's so much other shit that we did. I mean, just a just another hint of another update that we have whistleblowers from mm. different branches of the military talking about environmental pollution that they either oversaw, participated in or just witnessed. And man, that mm-hmm. that's probably one of the most infuriating parts to me um, is what the Navy does out there on the fucking mm-hmm. ocean, man. Yeah. So wait till you guys hear about that because honestly, out of everything that it makes me the most irate is hearing what these, you know, mm-hmm. the seamen. Is that what you call Navy? Seamen, yeah. The seamen. It's, it's what the seamen told me about uh, about what they were directed to do and what they were forced mm. to do out in the waters. And this is, yeah, I won't give anything away. Stay tuned. Um, again, thank you so much for all your support. This movie is going to be a doozy. So uh, just to have a, a main topic for today, something <laughs> that we've been a little uh, obsessed with. A bit. It's time to expose the Russell Brand conspiracy. We're just expose it. Deep State, baby. That's it for the free preview. The full episode is only on patreon.com slash empirefiles as a thank you to all our supporters making our new documentary possible. Empire Files is a 501c3 nonprofit, so all donations are tax deductible. If you want to hear our full breakdown of the Russell Brand story and response, plus lots of other exclusive video and podcast content, go to our Patreon or earthsgreatestenemy.com for more ways to donate. Thanks so much.